0: The Remedial History Project is a nonprofit working to get women's history into the K-12 curriculum. To help us meet our goal, we produce media, lesson plans, and so much more. Check it out on our website, www.remedialherstory.com. The Remedial History Project is funded through grants and by listeners like you. Please head over to patreon.com and become a supporter of The Remedial Herstory Project. You two can help us reform education and allow women to be seen, heard, and complicated. In particular, funds from patrons added from here on out will help us launch a crash course YouTube channel on women's history. We will be producing short, ten-minute videos that educators can play in their classes, telling women's history from era to era for both
1: U.S. and world history. Let's make history together. Hey, Kelsey. Hey, Brooke. Want to tell everyone what's happening in today's episode? Today, we are introducing the next theme.
0: Theme. 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 For the podcast. All right. Women in social
1: reform. I'm here for it. Let's get into this. Hello, and welcome to Remedial Her Story, The Other 50%. The podcast that explores what happened to the women in history class. Now, here's your host, Kelsey Brooke Eckert, and her partner in crime, Brooke Neva Sullivan.
0: In this episode, we are going to be introducing our second theme of the year, Women in Social Reform. And Brooke, this is an essential theme when you're talking about women's history.
1: Tell me more, Kelsey. How (laughs) so? (laughs) Well, I feel like if you
0: think about it when women have been excluded from power in a lot of ways they then become sort of like the people outside of power advocating Mm -hmm. for those who need help with stuff right right so most Times women come into history classes in the work that they do advocating for various people who need support. Um, people that come to mind that are like kind of classic in an American history class are Jane Adams, who founded the Hull House in Chicago for sure. immigrants coming over yep. to help them adjust to American life. Clara Barton, who founds the American Red Cross shortly right. after the Civil War. And then, of course, everything that she did during the civil war yes um so yeah i mean and those women like definitely make the cut of class but they're not the only ones and today i know i'm shocked not. um in fact women are pretty integral and i would say every social movement <laughs> ever
1: I, th- I, th- I think you're accurate there unless unless there's a male social movement we're missing
0: yeah but even then women are oddly there True. I know. They're like, it's like, this is a men's movement for men. And some women are like, uh, here's
1: your banner. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. Good for you. Keep marching. We've been out here for years. Good luck with whatever you're doing over there. Keep it up. So today I
0: want to introduce you to probably the most important women's movement in social reform, but also the most powerful political movement um, of the... 19th century in american history okay um before we get to that i want to tell you a little bit about what's to come we've got a lot of topics ahead in this theme on healthcare, medical care um we've got a lot of things on the settlement movement so jane Jane adams will come up again okay i know for me jane adams was something i was like yeah yeah i know who she is but we're going to go into depth on that movement broadly as well as her specifically, okay. Um, so there's a lot of really exciting stuff. Head. Oh, I didn't even mention like democratic equality across the globe, right? And yeah, just so like, like
1: buried that one down there. That wasn't your top billing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally just spaced it. But um, and and these are just
0: a sampling of things that you could get into. And of course, um, there are many more than we'll get oh into. Gosh, yeah. in this theme.
1: So oh, I'm excited for this theme. Yeah, because it's powerful.
0: I mean, we just spent the last few weeks talking about women in power right right? but a lot of times those monarchs you know they're barely like their throne is under threat right you know as it is so they don't have a lot of opportunity to reach down and pull the women behind them up right
1: that really is not a theme until more recently (laughs) right you can't reach out when you're the only one there
0: yeah what's great about the theme of social reform is we're actually getting into kind of the antithesis, right? Mm. You've got women on the outside working
1: to challenge power. Right. Well, and I think it's good that there is this topic because I think often you highlight the powerful person and you forget about the narratives that help or the journey that got them there or who's supporting them or who's helping them move this needle forward. Or is even right alongside them as powerful as they are, and they more than likely are female. So, should be mentioned.
0: Something that I'm really conscious of that I'm definitely going to do today, by the way, and okay. I'm going to talk about why it's bad, but hold on. Oh, you're going to scold yourself <laughs> yeah. on our podcast? Yeah. This will be um, interesting. We talked in one of our first episodes of season one, Heroes and Shiros, yes, about the problem of heroification. And one of the things when you get into social movements or like, you know, any movement, right, you have to remember that there are – dozens of people, Many people behind that movement. So like I mentioned Jane Addams specifically, but she's part of a larger movement for, um, you know, supporting these immigrant people coming over. Yeah. And, um, and, and so it's kind of important to keep that context of, yeah, we're going to name a couple women over the course of this theme and they're maybe representative Of many people, but don't make the mistake of heroification and be like, you know, this is quintessential or whatever. Today, we're going to talk about temperance. Okay. Temperance was the most powerful women's movement, more powerful than suffrage in the mm-hmm. 19th century. And by the time, I mean, think about it. They were able through the temperance movement to pass prohibition, to ban right. the sale of alcohol in the United States, sale, uh, consumption, uh, production, and sale of alcohol in the United Can States. Can you imagine if that happened today? Oh my gosh, it'd be wild. It'd
1: be wild. wild.
0: Yeah. So this is... You know, it's a powerful movement. We're going to talk about a couple individual women, but it's important to remember that they are part of yeah. the they're the, part many. Of the masses, part yeah. of the many women that are behind this. And, you know, depending on where you are and where you're teaching, you could find individual women who were involved in your local temperance organizations because there were many all over the country. Yes. And so you could look up those women, learn more about them, and connect what's going on at the national level, and we're going to talk about the national level more today um, with your students in your classroom, you know, and what's going on in your state. So Interesting. So today we're going to talk about temperance. Okay. Okay. And so temperance, alcohol, I kind of gave it away. What do you know about the temperance movement?
1: Not much other than it was like really done well in the marketing of it (laughs) because it was basically like – they kind of position themselves like against the family unit. If you were consuming alcohol, yeah. and it was like, what a great opposition to have to yeah, be you like, either like like families or, or you don't. You and don't. like, how dare in in the time period, fam- the family unit, the core value of society, and how you you know establish status was the thing. And yeah. so, if you were opposition to family, it's like you might as well you were opposition to all. It did yeah. it, it crossed racial boundaries, it crossed religious boundaries, it was like multiplied by a thousand. Like, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> and there's definitely some groups out today that still try and position themselves against the family union, and I think everyone's like, yeah, we're done with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um, temperance reform really begins. I mean, it is a women's movement, even though there are lots of men that are involved in the oh, movement. Sure. Um, it really is a women's movement because, like you said, they're positioning it about they're they're making this issue about the family, defending the family from alcoholism. And in a weird way, it's it's kind of interesting because they they kind of it's sort of like alcohol's to blame, not the abusers of alcohol, right? Right. Um, which you know you could talk about how alcohol how alcoholism is you know like a, an illness right it's right an it is an illness an you know so like you know the, it is kind of interesting that even in that time they were able to sort of like separate those things but it's a women's issue because when you have excessive drinking you have abuse you have violence and women and children were the primary victims of those things right then and now and so um so it really became not just a family issue, but like a women's issue. This right. is This is, if you want to defend women, if you want to help women, you should be involved in this. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because this issue sort of parallels suffrage in terms of like these two movements are taking off at the same time. And you've got sort of, you know, a lot of women who double dip, like Susan B. Anthony was a temperance reformer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but a lot of times people tried to keep the issues separate because- it's like you people felt like they had to sort of stay in their camp.
1: And if they, and they couldn't cross the barrier. They couldn't
0: cross the barrier because if you did, you're not giving your whole effort to the thing that you care about the most. Right. Now, this gets interesting. And the question that I want people to use, because I think it's a really good kind of compelling question to investigate, <clears throat> is should social movements be intersectional? Mm. Should you tackle different issues? And at the end of this episode, I'm gonna tell you about how temperance really gets in trouble because they don't become intersectional in oh, some ways. Too isolating. Too isolating, especially on issues of race. And so that's where we're going with this, just so you know. Oh, I like uh, to know where I'm gonna we're start, headed. I'm gonna start with white women though. Ugh,
1: classic. I oh, mean,
0: Okay. So, um, so the temperance movement also called like the Women's Crusade, so literally, I mean, it literally has a name in in books, about, you know, that's <laughs> like ties it to women's history, right? Right. So it's called the Women's Crusade. Um, takes off, um, really like post Civil War, and they become really, really active. They have a lot of petitions and demonstrations. Um, for educator, for anybody, there's a really awesome Ken Burns documentary called Prohibition that wow. goes into a lot of depth, and you know, Ken Burns does a lot of like Great documentaries,
1: but mm. this is like
0: a very women-centered documentary that he does. The thing so. I
1: love about his documentaries is it's always a great narrator oh. that just like flawlessly delivers the history yeah. that you want to hear, and it like yep. drips from the microphone. You're just like, oh my gosh, yeah. I don't even care what's on the screen. Tell me more. Yeah, this is a very powerful <laughs> documentary.
0: Yeah. I li- I like it a lot. Showing parts of it in my classes. This podcast is sponsored by our patrons. Patrons get access to behind the scenes, regular RHP gear, bonus episodes, insights into our research, lesson plans before everybody else, and more. Brooke, read off these awesome people.
1: Thank you to Jeff, Barbara, Christian, Kent, Jamie, Jenna, Nancy, Megan, Leah, Mark, Nicole, Anne, Sarah, Alicia, and Katya. Woohoo! Do you
0: know what is so awesome about this particular group of people? Know what? Very few of them are actually educators. These are badass people who care so much about equitable and inclusive education that they are willing to put their money where their mouth is. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So cool. You too can become a patron of the Remedial Herstory Project by heading over to www.patreon.com and becoming a sponsor of the Remedial Herstory Project for just $5 a month. That's it, that's one latte.
1: I mean it's it's one of something, but it's cheap and you get all
0: that stuff. All that stuff. You too can give up one latte for thousands of
1: children and women. You could also buy condoms for more than that. <laughs> <laughs> you could produce you could produce You could reduce reproduction <laughs> for less than that.
0: Uh. Brooke, most importantly, instead of lamenting that women's history isn't being taught in high school or that they didn't know these women, these people are putting their money where their mouth is and they are getting it into the curriculum by
1: funding us. It's awesome. And they believe women's stories are important. Yes. Thank you. Duh. Thanks, patrons. We love you. We do love you.
0: And so Temperance takes off during that time. Um, The first... Uh, real president
1: of this time period? Do tell who's is, in charge. <laughs> is it a white man? <laughs> no, shock! <laughs> ah, <laughs> oh, president of the temperance movement. So this, is, so the major organization for
0: temperance is actually a women's organization. It's the Women's Christian Temperance Organization, and um, or the WCTU as it would be called. Don't love the acronym, but we'll we'll, we'll allow it. Okay. Um, The president was this woman named Annie Whitmire. And she was obviously powerful within the organization. And um, so sort of the initial question about intersectionality is, should temperance embrace suffrage? So this is controversial because suffrage is sort of like – you know, these women are getting political mm-hmm. on the issue of temperance because they're, they're doing that in defense of the family. Right. Okay. If you bring suffrage into it, now you're saying women should get outside of the family and into the realm of oh. politics. Yeah. You know? They're oppositional. It's, it's sort of like, are those the same? Like, can, can you do, can you do both of those things at the same time? And certainly there are women doing both of those things, but Annie didn't see. That didn't feel like the WCTU should endorse the suffrage agenda. Okay. um, Because that was. Diff, you know, it's just a different aim and maybe just don't blur the lines don't muddy the waters and we have documentation that she did that Yeah, definitely. She okay. does not. Yeah, she does not support suffrage And so I want to introduce another and probably the most important figure of the wctu Which is francis willard francis willard, um, is part of the wctu really early on and um is a champion for both suffrage and temperance, and oh. she is a her, straddler. Yeah, her background <laughs> is in education, and um, she is a firecracker. She mm-hmm. has issues with um, with one of the leaders of the uh, local. Uh, um, Northwestern University, and she was working um, at a college nearby for women, and um, and she like goes head to head with this this guy who at well, some point they were engaged, so that's oh. kind of fascinating drama. Um, but why anyway, are we
1: leading with this story? Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding.
0: So she just, you know, she's she's a firecracker. Okay. And she comes in, she gets involved in temperance work, um, and she really wants them to endorse suffrage, right? Yeah, like and, if you're going
1: for a women's movement, these are women that should support other women. Yeah,
0: and like, honestly, how fast could we get temperance if we had the right to vote? Exactly. They try to get- It's um, like cart
1: horse part an argument with them.
0: Yeah. There's a trend <clears throat> that's developing around the country to give women the right to vote Um, And be a part of school boards And because again Extension of the The home home, Extension of the family Like maybe that And so Frances Willard gets this idea Okay well if we can't Like full on Get the right to vote Can we get the right to vote On issues of Temperance And right That type of thing So she tries to Petition for that And it fails Um, And it fails largely Because she You know She's being kind of like Undermined by the fact That the organization Entirely won't endorse This whole voting issue So she ends up leaving The WCTU And is just like I'm fed up Like whatever And Annie Steps down And she becomes the president Shortly after that Which is kind of Fascinating so, um, she becomes the president. They pretty much immediately endorse suffrage and the two trains are forever merged and they're moving forward okay. together. So she champions both of these issues. And yep. so in that way, she's pretty, you know, she sees that there's merit in having different issues brought together um, and that one can serve the other, right? right? Um, I mean, a piece of temperance is really getting men to, appreciate and respect the, the value. impact yeah. they're having on their the women and children in their lives, right? And so if you can sort of deal with if if you can get that basic level of respect, then you can also maybe convince them that women should have the right to vote, right? Like, like (laughs) these two things can go kind of together. Right. So she's a powerhouse. She travels all around the world. She gives speeches and lectures advocating for temperance reform. Um, like you said, the temperance movement is really, really powerful. And, And the, the, you know, one thing that you could do, depending on, um, what grade levels you teach for younger students, if you're having trouble, getting them to
1: access the idea of temperance. There are really powerful political cartoons. This is what I'm talking about, like the marketing. It was like the first marketing campaign that women were in charge of. And you're like, damn, yeah. like that's impressive. Like, you're just like coming for everyone. You're like, you, you and you, bad people. If you yeah. don't get on our train, you're bad. And it's like, you're right. We're on your train. <laughs>
0: My, my personal favorite cartoon Is this one uh, It's called The the alcohol toboggan slide And it's this guy oh my God. Who like goes in It's like it's, It says something like One drink And he just starts Going down the slide And the whole idea Is like a slippery slope But by the time This guy gets to the end Of the toboggan slide Like he's gone down Into deprivation And now he's in like The <laughs> devil's lair You know
1: Of Like it, it all starts With one drink And there's I no mean, There's no like it's Stairway a toboggan. back That's you know? how I'm gonna feel About drinking wine Later, yeah. it's a toboggan ride. I'm it's a toboggan ride. <laughs> well, and so
0: t- to that, I do think it's worth talking about. You know, difference is differences in how people consumed alcohol then and how yeah. they consume alcohol now. So, when what are com- the differences? So, I'm so <laughs> I have this timeline. Um, that goes all the way back to 1860. When it comes to wine, you're you're fine, Brooke. Oh, people Excellent. have pretty much stayed consistent, and wine is like the wine moderate drinkers are the moderates, <laughs> right? Who like don't consume. Finally, that much. I'm not
1: an extremist. This is the yeah.
0: best. And by the way, the scale on the timeline is in gallons of alcohol <laughs> consumption. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> So um, beer, interestingly, kind of like took off in consumption, went up, went down with prohibition, and then has kind of stayed in the middle. It's like a um, one gallon to a gallon and a half of um, alcohol consumed um, per capita. So what's interesting, though, so that sort of like beer, wine, I don't know, it's pretty steady as she goes, I would say. It's when you get into spirits where things get crazy. In the 1860s, people were having two gallons of spirits.
1: Two gallons of spirits. thats per a capita,
0: What? which is more than double what people were consuming in the early 2000s when this data when this okay. chart ends. So, so if you can kind of picture that, right? Spirits—we're talking like hard liquors, right? double what people are drinking today of okay. hard liquors. And that's where we are in the eighteen sixties when this movement is like happening. There's it's also
1: more up. people. Does that take that into equate or
0: yeah, 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 definitely. Not? So it's per capita. So it's 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 broken down per person. Um so, yeah. So, so, and I think that's just sort of important context to keep in mind that okay. even though we're not living in an era of prohibition, people are still consuming significantly less liquor than they right. were then. Okay. Um, and pro- prohibition is like definitely the turning point in that. There's a small peak after prohibition in the 60s and 70s, um, but it came back down again. Okay. Interesting. So,
1: yeah. Do you think that's because um, other forms of drugs are on the rise? It could
0: be, it could be because of, a of, of drugs, maybe like legalization of marijuana in place, you know, just, di- different stuff that's, that's sort of impacting what people do. But I also think there's just much, we, we have much more information out there. You okay. know, like I don't think most drinkers are like, this is good for me. You know, like it is a poison that you're putting in your body and it might be awesome, but like there's no, yeah. there's no like part of drinking alcohol
1: that's healthy. You know, like doesn't it lower blood pressure?
0: It, it, yeah, okay, like,
1: but it's still. <laughs> These are the lies I tell myself. Kelsey. Sure, just lean in, all right? Okay, fine. <laughs> okay. She's
0: crazy. <laughs> um, no, so, so you know, so I think I think people are just a little bit more maybe knowledgeable consumers. We also have better access to clean drinking water. We have other alternatives, right? Like, there's Coca-Cola. There's. Um, I don't know all sorts of stuff that okay. pe- that people can consume. So bringing us back to our women, um, the movement is really diverse, and there's people all over the country. Some states are um, capable, are, are um, some states are able to pass prohibition laws state to state, right? Okay. So similar to lots of issues that we've talked about, where they're trying to make change at a national level, it starts with state to state campaigns. And um, Kansas in particular, I think this is just such a hilarious one that you'd be remiss not to teach your students about. Oh, do tell. So in Kansas, they pass a prohibition law. It's illegal in, in Kansas to sell, um, produce and, and sell alcohol deal. Um, but there's no enforcement of this law going on. And so... <laughs> There are bars, like, on the main drag in town that are operating and selling alcohol. And the WCTU in Kansas is losing their minds, right? I because, can see, yeah. Because it's like, this is illegal. Do something about this. And, and so, then they're like, echo, echo.
1: echo. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> so another woman that, like, everybody should know about is... Carrie Nation. Do you know about her? No. Okay. Great name, though. Oh, there are puns. So (laughs) Carrie Nation is a riot. So she. So and and and. Well, I should say I should back up and say that her life is really really tragic. She um, loses um, a husband to alcoholism. She's married a couple, a few times. I can't remember exactly how many off the top of my head. Okay. Um, but she. Um, alcohol has has defined her life, and it's and not for the good. And um, she's a she's a member of the WCTU, and <laughs> she is devastated that these bars exist. She's also
1: very very religious, and so she wakes up one so morning. So surprising if she's been married so many times. <laughs>
0: well, they they died. You know, oh, these all, are like these are yeah. I'll allow it, I'll
1: allow yeah. It.
0: Although one of them's divorce. We'll talk about him in a second. So. um <laughs> So she wakes up one morning and she is convinced that God wants her to rid Kansas of this dreadful thing, liquor. And so she grabs a bunch of rocks (gasps) and she goes into a bar and she just starts chucking them and shattering Uh bottles
1: everywhere. Oh my God. Like,
0: this is like deep Christian energy angry rage yeah. like this is this is the real deal this is the thing this is the thing good for her so it, she girl. goes in and she hurt anyone I, that i don't know you know it's not she mentioned in any of the liquor bottle. bottle i don't think her <laughs> aim was to hurt people like she sees herself as going in to save people right like,
1: get out of here with yeah. my
0: rocks she says at one point that um this crowd gathered and outside Ooh, and um, I can imagine this boy was in the crowd and he was looking up at her and sh- she had this idea in her head that like if you destroy the bars you save the boys that's sort of like th- and so that like becomes very meaningful for her yeah and um so anyway she's arrested taken to jail sure. and <laughs> so um which is just just so funny though if you think about the irony like these bars are illegal and she's the one arrested
1: you know like that's kind <gasps> oh, of messed yeah. up yeah didn't even think of that So, she goes to jail. You can't just come in throwing rocks and bars that are not supposed to be there. It's like arresting for fake act.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, she goes to jail. She gets bailed out. She immediately grabs a bunch of rocks and goes into another bar. And she just does it
1: over and over and
0: over again. And so, her second husband comes in because uh, he picks her up from jail one time. And he's like... You know, he's not thrilled that she's doing this. (laughs) Um, But he goes, he goes, and you're like, why are you using rocks? You might as well use a hatchet. (gasps) And so she's like, that's the most sensible thing you've ever said. Oh. She gets a hatchet. And she goes into the next bar and that sort of Becomes the symbol of Her things and she called them hatchetations, And she would just like, go in And <laughs> chop up bars In Kansas so she's arrested Over and over and over again the WCTU is like We're not like we agree But also no, no. Your hatchitations
1: are not on our agenda <laughs> Yeah but people like start Joining her <gasps> there's so a there's like crowd? There's like
0: a gang that like the going around Topeka Kansas And then they move on to like which and they just like they oh God, go from city to women city. with
1: axes being a rogue oh it's amazing can this it's thing so come back funny. maybe they don't like attack bars but like I would really like attack. to see a female gang with yeah. hatchets
0: but like you have to have like a noble mission you know yeah, like yeah. there's something about the like Christian like I'm, I'm like dying for my cause sort of
1: vibe that she brings Because I feel like they're out there we could definitely we, we gotta this, find the cause we gotta find these hatchet women I put yeah. her around yeah so Carrie Nation, She's a riot,
0: and you know, and and just such an interest, you know. And I, we, didn't, we talk about like you need to have these examples of like powerful women in yep. your history class, and like she's a badass
1: who's like not afraid of the law. She's yeah. like bring it on. Um, you well, mentioned obviously they just keep arresting her and she gets out. There's no repercussions. What, probably this time period, no women are in jail. Mm-
0: yeah, well, there is a, yeah, I mean, women do go to prison and okay. for, for different things. Um, but, but there is definitely a tone of like, respectable women should not be sleeping in prison. So bail them out. You know, and Susan, oh yeah, and Anthony, like, let's
1: not let this happen for overnight.
0: Right. So, um, so Carrie Nation uh, sort of becomes this joke. There's plays made about her and, yeah. and stuff like that. Um my
1: favorite oh, a play sign Is it a musical.
0: That, oh, well, I mean, in her time they made plays about her. Oh so my God.
1: I um, can only imagine. I'm like writing the show tune in my mind. Right yeah.
0: <laughs> there's a sign that I love that said, um, you know, and keep in mind there's tons of immigrants coming over to our to our country during this period, uh, twenty-eight million over the course Just of a few. this time period. <laughs> So, um, there's a sign that I love that people started putting up in bars that said all nations welcome except Carrie. Ah!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Pretty funny. Oh, I really want that t-shirt.
0: Yeah. So... Carrie Nation's interesting. Definitely somebody to bring up when you're talking about
1: temperance. Where does us- she end? Like, what's the end to her reign?
0: You know, I think <laughs> eventually she's successful in getting people to, like, inf- to some degree enforce. Well, I mean, so
1: the prohibition happens. So, so
0: eventually, yeah, there's nationwide prohibition. So, I mean, she's yeah. probably
1: ecstatic about that. Yeah. I wonder if Kansas ever got on board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So bringing it back to Frances Willard, by the 1890s, Temperance is this massive, full-blown movement. And she, you know, her passion, her enthusiasm has really made this movement a powerhouse movement. It's, I mean, it it transforms when she becomes president. Okay. And, um, but she becomes kind of controversial in the 1890s and she dies in 1898 really young she's 58 um and that time period in her the 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 last years of her life unfortunately it kind of puts a black mark on her like what i would argue is otherwise a pretty powerhouse legacy okay um and you know like a lot of figures in history she's one of those people that you know you have to look at all of it Mm -hmm. you have to look at the wonderful things that she did for this movement, the wonderful things that she did for women, for suffrage. And you also need to call her out on her racism and her failure to step up on different issues. And so another woman that everybody should know is Ida B. Wells Barnett. Um, Ida Wells Barnett is involved in so many different things during this time period, including temperance, but she's a founder of the NAACP. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a suffragist. Um, the people who, you know, might be familiar with her suffrage work, probably her most famous suffrage thing is in 1913 when Alice Paul and Lucy Burns and the national women's party are organizing their March on Washington mm-hmm. uh, for, for, President Wilson's inauguration, um, she gives a very passionate speech because they were going to segregate the different groups of women. And she's like, no, like, we're either with you or we're We're, not. Exactly, yeah. Like, what the hell? Um, And, you know, all of that was done to appease the Southern women because they wanted the Southern votes on the suffrage issue my and, you know, the audience can't see but my eyes are old. Yeah. Um and so she you know she stands up and then and then she and many other women including Mary Church Terrell right. um refuse to march in the back and and they jump in where with their where sister. they should be. Yeah,
1: where right in the mix. <laughs> yeah. Exactly
0: she's involved in suffrage. She's yep. involved in black rights. And in particular, her passion for African-American rights is about anti-lynching. Okay. So she lives in, uh, lived in Memphis, Tennessee, and, um, three of her male friends were lynched by wow. a, by the KKK, um, in Memphis, Tennessee, because basically there was this black grocer who was, doing very very well and he was competing with the white grocer across town and winning and so they lynched him and um she knew these people was Mm. devastated as anybody should have been very traumatic um and so she like her personal crusade is in anti-lynching okay so eventually she ends up in chicago And, um, she is a writer. Um, she writes, she has a whole, you know, she writes about anti-lynching. She publishes a pamphlet, um, just with all her research and data and statistics about what's going on in, you know, she's, she speaks truth to power. I mean, she's such an incredible figure in American history and, um, so under discussed in school. Everyone should know her name. And um, so she goes head-to-head with Frances Willard because she wants the WCTU to put anti-lynching as something – Part of their part cause. Part of their cause. That if you are going to stand up against domestic abuse – Yeah, If you are going to stand up against violence, um, if you're going to stand for the family –
1: yeah, this is all part of it.
0: That's all part of it, and you need to do that. There's a very public exchange between her and Frances Willard in the newspapers, oh. and um, so we we have a lesson plan with this exchange. On our website, and the question is the same question we should be asking for every social reform movement, which is: Should temperance be intersectional? And you know, was was Willard wrong for resisting, um, basically bringing this on? Eventually, they do. Um, You know, Wells is able to put enough, Wells Barnett is able to put enough pressure on Willard that they do make some sort of like weak statement, but it just sort of highlights the ways in which temperance was a white women's movement.
1: Well, and it's powerful in what it was doing, but it didn't lean in on its power in the way that it could have and utilize it for more. It's like you already have this powerhouse of an organization, this most powerful political yeah. or women's political
0: organization, and they wouldn't stand for
1: lynching. Yeah, it's like you have an opportunity here. You stand have the platform. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's just the utilize your platform. I think that's what we ask of anyone who's in social justice. It's like. You're on a platform. And yes, the cause that you started with is wonderful, but utilize that platform to lean in on others and make sure yeah. their voices are heard. And not
0: just people that are in social justice. Anybody who has a platform, anybody right. that has an audience, remember you have a freaking audience. Yeah. And, and remember that that audience is you know, looking at you as a role model. And even if you don't see yourself as that, like maybe that's not how you got your audience.
1: You still are that. You have a responsibility, have a responsibility to responsibility. utilize the platform. I know. We talk a lot about that with athletes today and you know celebrities celebrities social media influencers although you're you didn't get there for a social cause you have one um and you should utilize it yeah for good so I want to end
0: there 1890 it's about 20 years before um prohibition passes okay um there's so much to look into about that final push to get prohibition and you could totally go there with your students um I will just say, I do think that it's really ironic that the first real women's amendment to pass is the Prohibition Amendment. <laughs> 18 is Prohibition, 19 is Suffrage. And in a lot of ways, they thought that if they would give women prohibition, they would let go on the suffrage oh, issue. Oh, it's so cute. That's really cute. Um, so <laughs> just, just keep them quiet. Put yeah. them over there. But I think it shows how under Francis Willard's leadership the two sort of become synonymous like right. you know and and honestly it sort of is um in some ways a downside for suffrage like what if we give you the vote you're what are you going to do like ban alcohol or something and like yeah they were going to do that
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they did and you helped them and then they got the vote
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, um, so anyway, and, but it came in the other order, which I think is funny. I think it's funny that that was more popular in the like banning the sale and consumption. Hey, of it's alcohol.
1: all you know. Part of it, there was a lot more to do with the vote that was a challenge, uphill battle. But yeah, I do think there's. It's so interesting if you bring in the imagery from that time period. Yeah, of, of it's just fascinating what what people produced and what impacted people's opinions publicly. Yeah. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, what a great subject. So there is lesson plans on the website on this one. Absolutely. Yep. Great. Wonderful. Well, I'm Brooke Sullivan. I'm Kelsey Eckert. Thanks, Kelsey. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Remedial Her Story, the other 50%. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts to bring more voices to the conversation. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time.